and welcome Star Wars fans to this week's episode of Duel of the Ranks, where we rank and debate hot takes, ranking Star Wars, putting numbers to things yes. where the force meets the facts. It is true. Join me and Amanda without Brody. It's going to be a great week. Yes. Today we're going over episode 10 of Andor, One Way Out. One Way Out, baby. And with that, we're going to get started talking about this episode. Well, of course, we have to address that Brody is not here with us today. Unfortunately, we're missing out on him again this week. He ditched us. He he was so offended by how bad Andor was that he was like, peace, I'm out. Yeah, we should just read his comments out of the way right now. Yeah, we should. We did. Uh, we asked for his feedback before we went live so we could at least try to bring his point of view to the podcast. Of course, we want to share it. But unfortunately, he didn't rank it as high as we did. We are like riding this high. It's so freaking awesome. Okay, let me go over a little bit of the summary first. Yeah, yeah. So this was the episode that we had all been waiting for, the big prison break episode. Prison break. Um, we follow mostly Kino and um, Cassian. Cassian, duh, title character. <laughs> um, coming up with the, or getting their squad together to take advantage of the low numbers of guards in the prison, they know that there's only a small window of time that they have, and this is their one time to do it. And it happens. It really does. It really does happen. Um, We also get Luthen's glorious speech. Yes, we had a fantastic monologue to end the episode. One of the best monologues in Star Wars history. One of the top. And to cap it all off, we even still get our political intrigue fix with Mon Mothma. Yes. The banking scum. Yeah, he he was trying to figure out what is the one thing that I can make Mon Mothma like give up that she can't. Yeah. He's this like your daughter's hand in marriage. Yeah. The one payment. He's like just a drop of discomfort. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? That's funny. No, um, I thought th- I thought this was a fantastic episode. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Mm-hmm. My jaw was open. I was like, <laughs> I was just so excited. I was like whooping and hollering, yeah. and yeah, this was everything for me. It was so awesome. And like right off the bat with the intro, and we've talked about like the music yeah. of Nicholas Bertel and the, the intros that he keeps changing up and adding. I think he just keeps adding. Yeah instruments into this and it was like just more hopeful just building you up like get psyched you're gonna watch something awesome i'm so glad you brought that up because the intro music to this episode specifically i felt was truly a nod to john williams and Mm. the force theme i could almost like hear the binary sunset moment and i think that falls in brilliantly with what this episode was about and with luthan's monologue as well just he's like a and that was like a real revolutionary. Like he's a real revolutionary. Yeah. And just that whole thing. Truly poetic. Yeah. I can't quote it. You just gotta rewatch it. Yeah. He, says he said it something like else. um burning the fire of a sunrise you'll never see. Like, I'll never see the sunrise that yes. I'm setting up. He was so grovelly. The ground falling out from under my feet. Yeah. Uh it was great. Um this episode was 
so fun to watch and cheer for. I love that we didn't have a whole lot of planning scenes where it was like, okay, here's the deal. You're going to go here and you're going to go here. Yeah. You know, like there's so many like heist films and TV shows that yep. spend a lot of time like showing you what's supposed to go right. With a cool little model to scale. Yes, of course. Um, And here, like a realistic prison break, nothing... Like you can't prepare for what, how far you're actually going to get. And I felt the stakes were adequately high. Mm. Like when Kino finally does get into the room, the control room oh. and has the microphone and he doesn't think he can do it. Yeah. He's just stunned. I thought that was a beautiful moment of his character realizing the power in his own voice and, and the fear in that. Everyone is listening to you. Everyone's looking up to you right this moment. What are you going to say? Yeah. That was such, um, like, yeah, that moment where they're taking it and Cassian's like, tell them what to do. Yeah. Like, you've done this before. And, like, I like how Cassian was a part of this very much so in terms of, like, it was kind of like a showcase of Kino, but Cassian is there pushing this to happen and being that voice of reason and yeah, logic. It wouldn't and, happen without Cassian. Yeah, and I could definitely I think part of why we love Kino so much, I guess at least I love him so much. He's so kind of like relatable or you can see how like I'd be defeated too. Like holy crap, they fried all these people. Like I totally see Kino's like that's a flex of power and he's yeah. like power doesn't panic. Yes. Ugh. Good lines. I know, right? And the line that Cassian says at the beginning of the episode in which Kino like like replays at the at the microphone. Yeah. Which again is kind of showing Cassian being that that leader that wants other people to to be sort of I don't know, is he leading other people to lead? Yeah. He could have very easily just jumped in on the microphone and been like, hurry up, get going. But he let Kino have this moment because he knew that it had to come from him. Yeah, like they have that camaraderie, that trust with Kino. And Cassian's smart enough to see that, like that you point that out. And he, Cassian's selfless in that way. He's not trying to steal that glory, you know? Mm -hmm. And then to figure it out, all at the end, Kino's like, I can't can't swim. And it was just like... Oh my gosh! And it, to me, that kind of like built up that character more. Yeah, I was, I was just telling myself he probably knew this whole time. You know, he didn't probably didn't forget they're all surrounded by water. Yep. And so, like, the only way he's to get doing out. all of this for everyone else. Yeah. You know, and like, that's a great leader. That was poetic. I knew that he had to die. I mm. was, I was ready for him to die or get killed in some way. But I think this was even better because my yeah. expectation was he would, you know, get shot enough. or something. Yeah. But yeah, it was open-ended. And for a while, I was like, I was ready to to see him kind of jump out into the water anyway, mm. just because it's better than dying there. Mm. And... I was upset that we didn't maybe see that full circle moment, knowing that he's he can't swim, he's afraid to jump, but it's better he's dead anyway. Mm-hmm. Like that that was re- keep being repeated throughout the episode. But then you remember that this story is through Cassian's perspective, and we see what he sees before he falls, mm. um, and that leaves it up to the imagination. Yeah, one thing I didn't pick up on this 
I someone showed me a Screen Rant video of he's all the people who are surrounded by, like surrounding Cassian right before they die. They're always shouting "climb." Like K2SO uh, says it yeah. in Rogue One, then Nemec, then uh, Kino, like, climb, you know? Like, oh. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> wow. This show knows what it's doing. It does. It does. And it's so refreshing and so fun to enjoy. Yeah. It's just really fun to enjoy and talk about rank, try yes. to, like, looking at it objectively, critically, but also just enjoying it. Yeah, the um the shot of like the bird's eye angle of the prison and you could see all of the swimmers oh, out. great It shot. was like spores being released. It was. Little seeds flowing yeah. from the flower yeah. in the wind. Yeah, it was like a little dandelion <laughs> of rebellion. I'm glad you brought that up. No, that was, yeah, like one of the highlight, most beautiful shot of that mm-hmm. episode. And just... Yeah. I thought we were going to get like a Titanic moment in the water. Like, are we going to see mm. all the chaos of, I'm sure Kino wasn't the only person that didn't know how to swim. Yeah. And like, I was thinking jumping, you know, you're probably going to hit yeah. a fellow comrade and yeah. kill him. Or belly flop and die. Yep. Oh, just, but I'm glad we did. You know, yeah. I was, I was, I, we didn't need to see <laughs> it, rosy. but I was, I was left to wonder like what other types of space sharks and things did they have yeah. to battle space I, jellyfish and testament to like the tension too but i was glad uh when they were escaping when he was giving the speech i was like you really need to mention like help each other out like your fellow yes. brethren like do that because it's, otherwise it's going to be a bloodbath <laughs> and like he when he finally said i'm like thank goodness and then when they all did it because i was like oh crap there's going to be chaos and there's just going to be anarchy and they're going to yeah. kill each other but when he did that, I was like, He was okay. like, if you see someone lost or confused, help them. That made yes. me, like, this episode was one of the most emotional episodes for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality, we are celebrating prisoners overthrowing the police. Un- unlawfully locked up prisoners. Yes. Overthrowing not so, yeah, <laughs> Democratically elected police. Yeah, terrible people. <laughs> But it shows that there there is human decency in in all people, even in the people who are incarcerated today. Like we can't just dehumanize people and expect them to fall in line. I think this is a good um, just a great story that we need in the Star Wars universe to know how the rebellion was started by people that don't have power Mm. at all. They had all of their power stripped away from them and they still had to find a way to overcome it. It wasn't just the Mon Mothmas and the high-powered Jedi Mm -hmm. and figureheads. It was a lot of people who gave their life for it. Yeah, and the people with power, they, you need to have that responsibility like treat it with that kind of responsibility yeah but i like what you were saying too with like the dehumanization and incarceration in prison and how that theme goes along with uh i hadn't really seen i've seen bits and pieces of it but george lucas's thx or whatever his his prison film his sci-fi prison film Mm. where like the machines are taking over the people and they're basically dehumanizing trying to turn themselves into machines building more machines yeah building more machines for their own oppression and it's like 
it, that's exactly what they were inculcating with them by like saying on program uh-huh. and like all these other uh-huh. things and just get in line. And then Cassian throws a right back in the face, like on program. Uh, I know. And then I realized I was ready for him to kill them. Yeah. And they left because now uh, the next obvious step in the story is for um, the Empire to obviously interrogate what happened. Mm. And those people were alive and they'll be able to be like, that's what's his name? Hang Flem? On. Was it? What's his name? Fle- Fleck or something? Who? Which one? I don't know. Cassian's code name oh. and starts with Keith. Keith. In this okay. one, yeah, 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 He's yeah. First, right. Clem. Clem. Then, then Keith. Keith. Yeah. yeah. So they're gonna be like, yeah, that's Keith, and they're like, no, that's Andor. So they I think that's what's gonna be the the puzzle piece that breaks it open. Yeah. Another part that I really want to talk about that was outside of the prison break episode was we got to see one of the true insiders of the ISB. Yes. Which Lonnie. was a, yes, was a great, Oh gosh, that scene was so suspenseful. It was like you had the, it was kind of the shaky cam and the lights going in and out. It was like, Oh my gosh, is Luthen going to just like murder this guy yeah. right now? <laughs> You're like, Holy crap. Luthen. I'm terrified. I don't know what you're going to do. And Luthen's just, he's I don't think Luthen knows what he's going to do. No, he's just kind of a gaunt. Like, he knows. Like, even before meeting, because his assistant, she's like, this could be a trap. And he's like, sure, maybe. And he's, like, ready to die at any moment. Because he's lost himself, you know? Yeah. But this whole monologue. But Lonnie, yeah, just, like, the gray area of, he's like, I'm one out. Yeah. I've got a family now. And Luthen's like, oh, I know. What did he say? He gave, like, nine years to climb the ranks there? Six, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Ugh. Great, great stuff. And then Mon Mothma in that meeting with Davo. Yes. Good, like double meanings everywhere. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Um, When she had first described him in the previous episode as being like a thug, I, I, I thought more of like the underground kind of Saw Guerrero mm. route. Um, but he's super polished and posh and expensive and he has the, the class to hang around with her money. Um, so that was, that was cool. His outfit was slick. Very slick. (laughs) His tongue slick silver spoon. Yeah. He commented about how. Like nothing in the decor had really changed. Yeah. And it like something it's been like that for a long, long time. And that got me thinking about the High Republic. Because the High Republic artwork that I see in all of the books and stuff is very like white and gold and very minimal design. And I wonder if that's kind of what the production design was thinking huh. of too. Interesting. Yeah. Getting back to yeah, they kind of played it off as very like traditional and yeah. very I there's sounds like there's so much Chandrillan like culture and oh, tradition yeah. that I'm just learning on on the fly with everyone here. Yeah, and they're doing great with it, feeding it in appropriately, not like just easy fan service, but great fan service yeah. that's like serving the purpose of the political story. Yeah. Oh. I know. It is so good. I was disappointed we found out it was that Imperial twerp who it was he was behind the voice 
in the announcement. Oh. Like, it was like, oh, this, of course it would be this. Yeah, guy. he had to flex his voice to be more intimidating. Yeah. Good I job, l- actor. Good I job. always thought that the voice in the prison intercom was kind of Kylo Renny. So kind I kind of, of liked it. <laughs> I, I loved when Andy Circus got the mic. Yes. And, oh, that was. And how he's looking like dead into the camera straight on. Yep. It just, it makes me sad when I think about all of the roles that he is a CGI character for mm-hmm. when he clearly can do yeah. amazing things without the CGI. And he's directed films too. What? Did you know he directed uh, the new Venom movie, the Carnage what? one? What? Yeah. He directed it? He. That's what the internet told me. Okay. I was going to say it's Morbin time. Wrong, wrong thing. I don't know. I'll be I honest, I hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, I, I won't see it. That's okay. <laughs> um, in my ranks, I gave this the highest score out of the three of us. I gave it a solid 90%, an nice. A for Brody listening yeah. back. I gave the characters in the story just a solid five out of five. I loved everything that the story gave the characters to respond to. Mm. And I like that the story doesn't like force you to watch all of the exposition happen. Like yeah. I was explaining the um, the plan to get out of the prison or even the Chandrillan um, traditions. Like we don't need to know everything right now. Yeah. And I would rather hear it in the context of a natural conversation between people that know what they're talking about. So, yes. Um, that got high marks from me. And the music, like I said, I got that um binary sunset moment from the score and it just complemented the the excitement of this episode that's awesome you picked that out i didn't pick that out you should go back and listen to it now and think about it for sure i yeah music gave it a 4.2 i gave yeah characters 4.9. 4.9. 4.9. 4.9. Why not a five? <laughs> Why not a five? Okay, I'm gonna put it up it to there because it like it. This episode, I never thought I would have one of my favorite Star Wars characters, like in the like Kino Lloyd. Now, yeah, like, one of my favorite Star Wars characters, and it was he's so relatable to the world that we see today and not yeah. like my typical favorite star Wars character was just a fantastical, you know, fictional sci-fi space hero. Wizard. Yeah. Space wizard. <laughs> but yes. So just like you have to give the characters a great score story. Great immersive universe. And like that lasting legacy of what it's going to do for star Wars. I think, yeah, just how they convey that prison. I give it 4.5. So my score totaled out to 89.6%. Brody. Brody hated this episode. He just, he hated just it. gutted it entirely. He gave it a 79.6. Oh my gosh. What he would say that's a C? Yeah. Holy crap. Just cancel the whole show yeah. right now. Let me just read what he said. This is what he he texted us. I thought this episode was fine. Andy Circus is amazing and Cassian is just kind of there. Mm. All the role players are amazing, but the star of the show is boring. <sighs> He's okay. He's allowed to have his opinion. He He's is not allowed here to, to defend opinion. himself, so we'll take it a little easy. I disagree, though. I, I've i heard people say that it seems like 
Diego Luna isn't acting that much, mm. but I think his acting has been perfectly subtle that matches who his character is supposed to be. I am I am feeling his inner monologue every time he's on screen. Yes. And he doesn't have to say a lot. This is how I think of it. This show is all about the gray, like the gray mm, exposition, mm-hmm. like the gray complexities and whatnot. And it has really cool characters that steal the spotlight at certain times. Yeah. Cassian's always there to like nudge. So he's not in the spotlight. He's not in the complete dark. He's in that gray shadow in the background. He's just kind of like, these are the people that I have learned to, these are the people that helped him become who he was. Yeah. And so he's, it's part of how he's developing. That's a great observation. I love that. Just something that just, yeah, just dawned. <laughs> Beautiful. So all of that means that this episode, One Way Out, gets a total score of 86.4, which is really good. Boom. That's that really a, good. It's a top-notch score from yeah, the Duel of the Rank squad. It is. Well, we'll we will update the website so we can have a better look at where this falls entirely, but I think this is going to be our highest-ranked Star Wars show yet. I would certainly hope so. Yeah, I I think it is worthy of such a title. It really is. Anything else before we go on to the next one? Um, no. All right, let's do some hot takes. Don't be too proud of this podcast you've constructed. The ability to rank content is insignificant next to the power of an exceptional hot take. It's hot takes time, and I have a hot take for us to discuss today. I wish I could say it was my own personal hot take, but I actually found this on Twitter from Dan SWC at S Centralized. He tweeted, The Mandalorian is the Force Awakens to Andor's The Last Jedi. And boom, boom. Yeah, yeah that. Like, you got to think. I had to think about that, and like, I loved. Really I loved thinking about what it. That actually meant. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you all know, the Last Jedi is my favorite Star Wars film. Is it perfect? No, I didn't rank it perfect. Not like Rogue One, but it is my personal favorite Star Wars film mm. because of how it tends to break apart the Star Wars themes and. Um, Dan SWC um, replied to his own comment and said, the first one is basic and consumable. Speaking of The Force Awakens, a very popular piece. The second destructs it and is more artistically thorough. Mm. I think that is a fair um, analysis of the two pieces. And of course, what he said resonates with a lot of the fandom. And a lot of people liked it. A lot of people retweeted it and everything. And a lot of people were like, a lot of people throw shade too. Yeah, they were like, "Don't <laughs> disrespect Andor like that," <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, "Don't disrespect the Last Jedi like that." <laughs> Which is fun because it totally is a hot take. It is. Like it ruffled how, my feathers. It is. It's a great to see. <laughs> it's funny that we're getting to this point of Star Wars where we're comparing it to other Star Wars now. Yeah. I mean, like we always have done that, but as like an entire body of of work. Um, yeah, that was like a comparison sandwich. So I guess what else? 
Would you elaborate on that? I would say that, I mean, I think Dan got it. Like when you think of The Force Awakens, you think of BB-8. And when you think of the Mandalorian, you think of Baby Yoda. Mm. And it is a fun family affair. Andor and The Last Jedi are not. Like they will they will find their audiences, respectively. Yes. I think, yeah, you said it well. They will find their audiences. They have more of a cult clap like a yeah. cult following to But like them. the Mandalorian, anyone can kind of jump Great. in. Yeah. Even if you don't have a lot of Star Wars experience under your belt and enjoy it. Yeah. And it's kind of like lumped into that pop culture genre more so. Yeah. Like Force Awakens. Like part of that is like why we love Star Wars because it's so lovable and right. awesome that way. And part of the reason why people hated The Last Jedi was because it tried to do something different than what we were expected. Subverting to. expectations. Yeah, it took the themes of Star Wars more seriously and like questioned authority in yeah. The Last Jedi. Yeah. I would say it's a hot take. It's a good one to discuss and unpack. I personally was immediately like, no. Don't do Andor like that. <laughs> I'm not, no. You know me. Like you know, we've talked about Last Jedi, but I, yeah. it's totally fine if you love it and you've picked out things that I don't pick out in it. Yeah. So I can totally see like where they come from on that. I personally don't see. I see Andor as fleshing out. Oh, kind of like a like a Quantum Mania type thing. Okay. Let's think of like Obi Wan. We talked about that show and how it was like in a box very yep. much and it but it was in a box with like two top tier characters yep. vader and obi-wan that was like you knew the boundaries you kind of knew starting point a and starting point b so a lot of us can kind of draw the line in between yeah. and figure a lot of things out whereas andor did the exact opposite where it took one side character that no one seemingly really cared about from rogue one and it zoomed way far in on their world to like an unbelievable minute level, so much so that it was like realistic, mm-hmm. a reflection on the current day and time, mm-hmm. not so much a grand space opera. Right. Because it does that, I think it offers so much more like complexity and like much more of an art form of storytelling that I think is less controversial and polarizing as The Last Jedi, in my opinion. And not to say that I don't enjoy some things from Last Jedi, but I just look at it differently. In my mind, there are different levels and different boxes, but it's a good hot take because it ruffles my feathers. So does that mean you disagree? I do. Thumbs down. Sorry. I find your lack of good takes disturbing. But a great hot take. Thanks, Dan SWC. You didn't tweet at us, but I saw it and I was like, that's a good take. So we'll give you a shout out on Twitter. Um, My hot take. Let's say... Coming up with a hot take for this show, this episode in particular is really hard. It is hard. So I'm just going to grasp at straws here. Okay. Mon Mothma should do should take the money from Davo. She just should. And give it's, up her daughter? It's part of her job. She should do that. I will say, that was not my gut reaction, though. I was watching the show. I was like, never. I would never do that for my daughter. Yeah. I have a daughter. 
I would never do that. Yeah. This is stupid, ludicrous. Find another way. Yeah. But then kind of like thinking about it again, Andor gets back to the gray of this show mm-hmm. to kind of offer grace where grace should be. Like Mon Mothma has a tough decision. She she believes in this higher cause, right? Higher cause. You could equate that to like anything, like someone believing in, you know, a certain religion, God. I think equating that, people are so ready to be able to sacrifice for like a greater cause, a greater deity, God. And at some point, like even to the biblical account of like Abraham giving up his son Isaac and like mm-hmm. how that scene is ludicrous, but it was a testament to Abraham and his faith. Yeah. Of like it was for God. Who wouldn't have done that for anyone else or anything else? So it was kind of like, holy crap, like the rebellion against the empire is that like that God to Mon Mothma, to Luthen. Like this is their religion. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who am I to judge someone on their existential greater than beyond belief yeah. movement or whatnot? And it was like, holy crap. I wouldn't put so much weight on a political movement. Yeah. But I'm like, Mon Mothma, she should do it if she if this is what she believes in. Nice. That is a that's a good hot take. I'm glad that you spent some more time <laughs> thinking about it. And we didn't really talk about that much in the episode. Um and to be fair, it's not like she's throwing her daughter to be wed immediately. Yeah, she's, it's she's just, just like, meeting, just meet them. Just ice but cream. we all know that she hates her mom. So, of course, she's going to fall in love with him. And that kid's oh. going to be a total douchebag. We already know it. Yeah. Like, oh. but she's going to fall for it because that's where she is in life. Yeah. Which it was really great. Kudos on this show again. It's like, this is a very like great path of seeing how she loses her family. Yeah. Maybe. And it kind of falls into that discussion that you see Perrin and I can't remember her daughter's name, but Leia. It's not, is it? I'm pretty sure it's, it's like, Leia. Le- it's like Layla or it's something close to that. Is it? Yeah. But they're talking about how, like in one of those earlier episodes, she's like, mom, you just use me as like your political playbook or whatever. And oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> coming full yeah, circle. that is really coming full circle. <laughs> so so um, thumbs up, thumbs down. Are your feathers even ruffled? Um, hmm. I have to think about that a little bit. I think, I think it's a good hot take, especially since you have children. So I haven't, I don't, so I don't have that perspective to think about that choice and that decision and what it, the weight of it so much. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say I agree. What? Roger, Roger. Yeah, right. I think I think you know Mon Mothma. She's been really timid this whole series to really dip her toes in in the actual blood of a rebellion, mm. and I think she's going to have to make that decision in order to keep it going. And she's going to have to walk the path that Luthen talks about at the end of this episode of giving it all mm. for this. That you will never actually see the real benefits of your choice right now but it is for the greater good yeah and Whew. that oh my goodness. show's so heavy it is it reminds me like all this show could have been titled sacrifice as well <laughs> just like everyone having a part yeah 
of sacrifice here. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And we only have two more episodes left. I know. Freaking. <laughs> ah. How are they going to wrap? We were talking about this. Like the, um, my wife and I were talking like the format of the arcs that we've been talking about mm-hmm. with the series. I was, she was like, oh, so this is the start of a new arc. And I was like, oh, I, I viewed it as, oh, it's wrapping up the previous arc. She's like, well, you could see it as like they're culmin. They've like they've culminated or finished off certain things. Oh, and now they're like, saying? and they were starting out like starting off escaping or like starting something new or whatnot. Yeah. And I was like, well, that would follow like the format that they claimed they would do. Yeah. But it was just interesting talking about the format of the show, and again, the gray area of you could slice and dice how you want it. With yeah. The arcs. Not that it matters. I I imagine this next episode will be like a part one finale, mm-hmm. so it'll probably. My my guess is that we will rank it a little bit lower next week, and then the finale finale will get probably really high marks from all yeah, of us. Some good. If good I think if we think back to how the first one and two episodes were premiered and how it's hard to, I think the show did a really great job after those first two episodes of keeping those storylines very episodic, mm-hmm. um, even as the arcs took multiple episodes, but those first two felt like one episode that was like split. Yeah. And that is always harder to buy into. It really is. It's harder to like give it an honest rank. Yeah. But in most shows, usually have like some kind of dip, you know, in the first yeah. third or in the, you know, right around the middle mark. This show's been ratcheting it up. Yeah. And it's been paying off. Yeah. Beautifully. Beautifully. Okay. That is our last hot take. So let's get into... This is the way. To trivia time! (laughs) It's trivia time. And even though Brody should have the question of the day, Christian is going to see if I can guess it. All right, here we go. Um, so, one of the items on display in Luthen's shop, I'm relying on Luthen's shop again, is a Naboo headpiece that was worn or looks very similar to one worn by a special character. Was it A, Newt Gungray, B, Padme Amidala, C, her handmaiden, Corday? D, Jar Jar Binks. Mm. I'm going to go with the handmaiden Corday. It was Padme. Oh, no. I was like, Padme seems like the easy answer. Dang. I tried to help you out there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I lose again. Okay. Well, um, that is kind of it for our episode. It is. Maybe next week Brody will be back. We'll get his takes. Or maybe we can just continue the show without him. Could. I don't know. Got an you, empty spot you, over there, yeah. people. Yeah. Who wants to fill in as our third co-host? Let us know. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Next week, we'll be going over episode 11 of Andor. And um, if you want to check us out, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and submit your own hot takes. Check out. We're starting to put out some YouTube clips as well Yeah, for your viewing pleasure for those of you who like to to watch the stream instead of just listening to it so 
like and subscribe. Like and subscribe, and we will see you next week.